virtuous friendship is when two friends are united, not in self-interest, but in the pursuit of a common goal. So that goal being like the good life, the moral life in Christ that's found in virtue. Hey there, you're listening to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Leah Darrow, and this podcast is where we talk about people and things in the world that are really doing something beautiful in the world and for the world. So you are listening to episode five, and this episode we're going to be talking about friendship, true friendship, and the art of friendship. And there's no better person I can think of of having on this episode than one of my sweetest and most dear friends, Sarah Kroger. You might remember her. She was on actually episode three when we talked about the closet challenge. And Sarah um, and I have been friends for a while, and we happen to just do a lot of events together. So God just purposely places us together for so many events and to be able to work together in our ministries. And so we've developed this friendship. And so as we were talking about what to do next in this podcast, we were recently together in Atlanta and we were talking about just being friends, just having good girl friends. And this topic really is something that I don't think we talk enough about. We talk about the moral life and try to how to be a good Christian, right? But sometimes we forget about that art of friendship. And even especially in the dating scene, we just jump into dating complete strangers without even being friends with them. And we think about friendship only in that way. But Sarah and I will later on here talk about the friendship as the foundation of our relationship, not just with Christ, but with others and with humanity and the art of that and how we can help move that along and fight the temptations in friendship, especially within women that can kind of keep us from being fully alive. So in a few minutes, I'll be introducing our beautiful friend, Sarah Kroger, and we're going to be talking about friendship. Okay, Sarah, how are you? I'm great. I am so, I'm doing good. I'm so happy that we're talking again. Um, So we are going to be talking about friendship today, correct? Correct. Right. Just to make sure we're on the (laughs) same page. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I thought we were talking about dinosaurs. Right. Well, that's next week. Don't worry. So, okay. So for, so. Why don't you tell everybody how we met? <laughs> Sounds like a dating story. But like, how did we meet years ago? I mean, you all, I guess I'll, I'll let you tell the story and then I'll add in my quick thoughts as you go along with it. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. I, I feel like we met, I don't remember the specific moment that we met, but I know that it was at a conference. I know it was a Studentville conference. But my fondest memory of you, like one of my first memories of you and I was at the Steubenville San Diego conference where at the time you were living. So you had your own car and I was singing with the Josh Blakesley band and we <laughs> really, really, really wanted to go to the beach. And you oh were my like, gosh, I totally forgot about this. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I could take you to the beach. And we all piled in this car and sang a bunch of tunes and you roll down the windows and we were just like living it up in San Diego. And, um, yeah. Oh my gosh. That was insane. We both were single. We weren't. Yep. Were you dating your husband? Nope. Not even close. Okay. I had just started dating Ricky. Yeah. Who I ended up marrying for the record people. (laughs) I just started dating Ricky just barely. And Living in San Diego, that's when I was working for Catholic Answers, and I w- and we were there at the Steubenville conference. And yeah, that's right. So after the entire conference ended, you guys had an extra day before you yeah. flew out and went back home. And we all piled inside my little four-door <laughs> Nissan Ultima 
definitely uh, not street legal of how many people no, are in that car. Legal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. We got to live on the wild side some days. <laughs> we were like, we were just running around on the beach and hanging out and just, we, oh, and then we went to that Mexican restaurant. Don't yes. you remember? Yeah, and there was a mariachi band and lots of margaritas and and there's uh, balloon hats. We had a lot of balloon hats going on. Yes, I forgot about that guy. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So Such how could you not stay friends after something like that? I mean, it was right. a very margaritas and balloon hats that will just solidify a friendship right there for you. <laughs> and if you like, you just have to be friends at that point if you're able to put on a balloon hat and drink margaritas with somebody that you just recently met. Exactly. Exactly. So I just remember really being drawn to you for, I mean, cause obviously you're awesome, but also because I feel like the both of us were at a place where we were just starting to do Steubenville conferences. I'm sure you had been speaking a lot before that, but for me, I was just kind of at a new point. I was kind of new in the whole ministry world. And so you were someone that I really looked up to and was just like, man, I just really want to be friends with her. I feel like we can battle through this together, you know? So. No, I agree. I felt the same way. And and yeah, so we had met, I think, the first time during one of those Steubenville conferences, and it was awesome. I remember meeting you, and of course, I heard you first. Like, I heard you sing first, and I heard you, and I, I saw you on stage, and I was mesmerized by your humbleness and this peace that you exude, but also this such power that comes out of your mouth. And I'm like, holy crap, man. That woman's awesome. I was just like, that is really great. That's a holy woman. And I have always known the fact of, you know, if you're going to be friends with people, make sure they're better than you, smarter than you, holier than you so that you can, you know, at least they can help your average in a sense, you know, you can (laughs) learn from them. And so I remember seeing you being like, that's definitely a woman I would love to learn from and, and just you know, experience life with. And so, and then, you know, it just, it was beautiful. It just kind of happened. And I like, well, I say it just happened, but it really didn't because friendship takes work. And I remember going up to you and having to put it on the line in a sense of being like, it's going to go up and say, hello, I'm going to put myself out there. Like I want to be her friend. And (laughs) it's kind of awkward when you're an adult. Now, when you're younger, it's a little bit easier. Like you can be completely awkward when you're five or six or seven or nine saying, will you be my friend? (laughs) yeah and they respond but when you get older it's so awkward when you're like you know a 20 something year old woman talking to another 20 something year old woman you're like hey will you be my friend you know (laughs) can i sit at your table please (laughs) right and it's a challenge i think and i think you know especially female friendship is such a challenge today Maybe more than ever. I don't know. I mean, I'm living right now and it just seems like it's very difficult. And I, and it's, I think it's a challenge for a lot of different reasons, but one of them can be the challenge of like, we just see other women sometimes as our competition rather than as our sister in Christ. Amen. Right. Amen. And, and I really believe that that's not just like an adolescent issue or like just an issue when you're in high school. I think that that is an issue that I like the older that I get, I realize that that's an issue that happens at any stage of your life. You know what I mean? Like whether you are single in your twenties, whether you are married, whether you have kids, whether you are in high school, whether you're in elementary school, like there's always this element of, of competition in a sense, always this element of, well, I want what she has, or I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's just, it's always been there. 
And it's been like a journey to try to fight against that, I guess, in my own life. I've seen that. Yeah, I think it's it probably has a lot to do also with how we perceive ourselves. You know, and I think when we see ourselves and our weaknesses, sometimes if we get into that groove of only looking at the problems we have and the issues we've got going on, we want to make ourselves feel better. And sometimes the voice of the enemy, the voice of competition, the voice of jealousy tells us, well, you know, if you've got these issues, you don't want to be friends with her because look at her. She thinks she has it together. And you know what? Instead of trying to heal your own wounds or, or allow Christ to heal them, you should just battle your wounds by comparing yourself and being angry and being mean to others. And, you know, it ends up allowing girls to be pitted against themselves. And sometimes we're, we are our own worst enemy with that, you know, yeah. and we yeah. don't celebrate the gifts and the talents in other women. And instead, we, we look at them and we look at maybe their gifts or talents or what they look like. And we just get, you know, ticked off that we're not that we don't look yeah. like that or have those gifts. Right. Where we should be celebrating each and every woman because each of us is unique and each of us has our own gifts to give to the world. And God made us uniquely in the way that he made us and each of us to do something beautiful in this world, right? That like, I can't do what you do, Leah. You can't do what I do. Maybe you can't. I don't know. No, no, trust me. I can't. Trust me. I can't. (laughs) But that should be celebrated. Like that should be because us working together and sharing our gifts with this world together is what makes it a beautiful place. I couldn't have said it better. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's such a Mother Teresa thing to say is, and I I think she said something like, like that to a group of people who were gathered around her. I think it was here in America. She had made that statement and there was a whole group of women and, and one of the women had said, I want to go to Calcutta and I want to be with you and I want to help, help the poor. And she just looked straight at that woman and the rest of the crowd. And she said, you can't do what I'm doing, but I can't do what you're called to do. Find your own Calcutta. And right. You know, we have such a gift in being, and just in being a woman. It's just so awesome, and it's a, it's an honor, and it's a blessing. And we can really help this world in so many ways by our love and compassion and strength if we just learn to, like you said, celebrate the life, celebrate the talents and gifts in other women, and see them truly as our sisters in Christ, and have that solidarity instead of you know that spirit of competition in the world that tries to break us up and tries to make make us fight with one another and fight against one another. And that's not what it should be. I mean, there's a quote from Benedict Sixteenth. I love it. And he says, look at the face of the other. Discover that he has a soul, a history, and a life, that he is a person mm-hmm. and, that, and that God loves this person. Mm. And it's just, you know, it's the idea of like, when we look at other women, when, when we see other women in our life, hopefully... We are allowing Christ to give us his eyes so that we can see these other women and all of their gifts and talents and all of their struggles too and their sufferings. And we can praise the Lord for them for being in the world. And it doesn't take away from us. Like us celebrating the gifts and talents of other women does not diminish our own gifts and talents. Amen. You know, and it makes, it honestly makes me think of Elizabeth, the story of Elizabeth and Mary and how. Elizabeth rejoiced over Mary, the mother of our Lord. She rejoiced over her and she, she affirmed the gift that she was and she affirmed her yes to the Lord, you know, at a time where maybe Mary was not questioning God, but 
just a little bit overwhelmed, you know, I'm sure. <laughs> and needed a sister. Like she went to her sister, to her friend, to seek affirmation, to seek some sort of confirmation. And Elizabeth was there to rejoice over her and to champion her into whatever it was that the Lord, well, what the Lord was leading her into, which was being the mother of our Lord. But I always think about that with friendships. Like I want to be an Elizabeth for the women around me. I want to champion the women around me. You know, I want to call out and Mm -hmm. affirm the gift that their life is and the yes that they have to give to God and help them to realize that and to be a part of championing them into whatever it is that they're called to. Oh, Sarah, that's why I love you. You're just, (laughs) that's, that's so wonderful what you just said. And you're right. Oh my gosh. Mary and Elizabeth. I mean, because you don't read, obviously, in the Gospels that Mary approaches her cousin Elizabeth and Elizabeth is like, oh, my God, I cannot believe that you got the son of God and I just got John the Baptist. I cannot believe that you get that baby and I get this baby. And I am so jealous that you got the Lord and I did it. No, you don't hear that at all. And I'm sure she didn't sound whatever accent I was attempting to put out there. I have no idea what that was. But um, but Elizabeth didn't say that, you know, Elizabeth realized the gift and the blessing that our Lord had chosen as Mary as to be the mother of God. And she rejoiced in that. Right. And Elizabeth, she was so confident and she knew her role in the history of salvation that was to come, that she was giving birth to this beautiful child who would proclaim that salvation before he came and before his ministry started. We all have a role to play. And you know, it, it reminds me, I cannot believe I'm going to make this leap here, but it reminds me going from Mary and Elizabeth to Frodo and Sam in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you know, it's like those two friends who were there till the end. And granted, I know Sam was his gardener, but he actually really was his friend first. And he mm-hmm. went with him the entire way. And Frodo had this terrible burden in a sense. You know, he had this this ring that he was trying to destroy. And even at the very end, when Frodo and Sam are right there, right there at the, at the break of Mount Doom and they're trying to put the ring in, but Frodo is collapsing because of just all of his strength is being depleted. Mm-hmm. And Sam sees this and he's like, look, I can't take the ring. That's not my role in a sense, but I, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. And he carried his friend. He carried Frodo all the way to the end so that Frodo can do what he was called to do. And that is friendship. Right. That is friendship, is, is wanting the best for the other person and helping them achieve their best in light of, of God's will and God's design for them. And, you know, that's the type of friendship that we're called to. But there's that terrible struggle we have as girls where we just don't get it. Like, and like we've been saying before, there's that spirit of competition where we look at each other and we're just comparing or judging. And right. I just don't understand that. I mean, like, OK, Sarah, have you heard this this saying before? Like, have you heard girls say, well, I just don't have a lot of girlfriends. I just have, I just, I only have guy friends. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, what do you make of that? Like, I don't really know. I always get kind of confused by that because I'm, I was never that kind of girl, but I feel like the, the reason that I hear that a lot, or like the reason that people say that to me, or especially teenagers is because they're just like, I just don't want to deal with the drama. I don't want to deal with the drama. I just like being friends with guys is just easier because it's semi drama free. That's what I hear. I don't know about you. Yeah, well, I think if you're a girl who only has guy friends, what you can escape is a fact of that constant competition, comparing one girl to the next, because you're not comparing a girl to a guy in terms of the the same sex. So 
you escape that, but you miss out on something really beautiful on that sisterhood and learning to be a friend. And you can't learn to to be a friend, you know, to be a sister in Christ to other sisters in Christ without having them, without working on that. And it is a type of friendship you have to work on. And I think girls who say, or who who in reality experience this and are, aren't friends with other girls, but only have guy friends, maybe they're feeling judged. Maybe they're like, you know what? I don't feel accepted by the other girls. Or, so that could be the, or it could be the case of like, maybe that girl who has just guy friends is not willing to allow her wounds to be healed by Christ so that she can be a good friend to others and mm-hmm. realize that boys are not the prize. Like, you know, Christ mm-hmm. is the prize. And that we should try to equip ourselves to be a better friend so that we can be, that actually to have a better friendship with Christ himself. And so a lot of times I think girls have a lot of insecurities and they feel like that those insecurities are met with their guy friends because they give them an attention that the opposite sex, you know, obviously can do. And it makes us feel good. And so that's better than really working on a true friendship outside of just having a guy, even if it's a guy friend, making us feel good. And that's kind of really what we're what we're going for. And I remember reading about reading about the different types of friendship from in the book Love and Responsibility from John oh, Paul II. Good, yeah. Such a good book. Such <sighs> a good book. I mean, crazy good. Just crazy good. Crazy difficult to read at times because John Paul is just super smart. However, Dr. Ted Shree has a great book called Love and Responsibility and or it's it's like but what is it? Oh, I should know men, this. Men, Women and the Mystery of Love. Thank you. That's why Sarah, my, you're my co-host. My husband and I read it when we first started dating. It was a great book to read when we first started dating. It was yeah, awesome. Very good. And so Dr. Um, Shree breaks down the big book of Love and Responsibility in that smaller book. So mm-hmm. great resource. And so in Love and Responsibility, John Paul II talks about friendship and love and friendship. And he brings up the fact that, you know, according to Aristotle, that there's these three different kinds of friendship, according to Aristotle. There's this, the friendship of utility. There's also this type of friendship that's based on pleasant friendship. That's just based on the affection and of one another. You all have similar goals, but it's all about basically just having fun together. And so that's most of your friendship. But then the third level, and that's the fullest sense, is this virtuous friendship. Mm. And this virtuous friendship is when two friends are united, not in self-interest, but in the pursuit of a common goal. So that goal being like the good life, the moral life in Christ that's found in virtue. So that's like the deepest sense of virtue that we're called to. We're not just called to this friendship of utility, like you're only friends with me and I'm only friends friends with you because we really get something out of it. Like you've got great tickets. You have a connection for great tickets to a game. So we're going to be friends. Um <laughs> And it's not this pleasant friendship where every time you get together, it's just about having fun and then just that good time. And then you're not, you don't really have any more interaction outside of that. But this friendship that we can have with the same sex is, is this type of virtuous friendship. And of course, this also goes into marriage too. But in talking about friendship between, you know, just us and other girls, this is something that I think that we should try to live by is this type of virtuous friendship of having friends and engaging and bringing in new friendships into our life where we have that common goal of living a virtuous life. Yeah. I mean, when I think about the friends that have been like long lasting friendships in my life, there's two things that are throughout our friendship. So the first being our relationship with the Lord or like a shared desire for holiness, like 
both of us having a relationship with God. And number two is the, just the ability to be like your true self with all your mess ups, with all your mistakes, with all your crap, like without feeling like the threat of being judged or gossiped about, like the ability to truly be yourself with somebody else. And I think that the ability, I don't know, like to be able to do that with another woman is irreplaceable. I mean, that's, it's been so formative in my life to have the female friendships that I've had throughout the years. And those are the two things that have made us able to stay friends throughout literally since before even high school. Some of my friends, some of my dearest friends, even if we don't talk for months at a time, like Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of our shared desire for holiness and because of our ability to just have grown together and to be our true selves, that has kept us friends throughout the years. And I really believe that those are two just crucial things to have in any long lasting friendship or any friendship that you hope to be long lasting, you know? Yeah, Um, I I agree. I have, I have one friend of mine who's been my, she's the, my longest friend, uh, longest having friend and my best friend, Molly and Molly and I have been best friends since we were 12 years old. Oh, wow. And it's such a gift. I mean, what a gift that God has given me in her. And this is somebody who, we became friends because we were both just in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade together. We have moved. We even lived in different states during high school. We did not spend our high school actually together in the same high school, but our friendship was kept alive because I think, and I know that we had this common goal that, you know, we both are Catholic. We, we, we both love the Lord and are trying to do the best. And even during times in our life when one of us was maybe going in a different direction than our faith, that's probably me. Um, we were still there for each other and we still talk through those things. And, you know, Molly, Molly knows everything about me and still loves me. Right. And that's one thing I treasure about that friendship. And it's been beautiful to have that, especially when you have someone who knows so much about you and can see your old self and, and was there during those times and then sees you when, as in my case, Molly sees me now in, you know, back to my face and, that is a beautiful type. That's I guess it's a beautiful piece in our friendship where we can see each other in these different areas and still still love one another and still be there for each other. Because friendship is not easy and it takes time, just like any relationship it does. And it takes that those moments in our life when we're having to, you know, to touch base and not just live in this isolated world where it's just us and we just reach out only when we need something. Exactly. And and I mean there we have to have friendship. It like iron sharpens iron kind of thing. You know, I need my friends around me because they help me to be holy and they help me to see again, back to Elizabeth and Mary, like they're my Elizabeth. They help me to see God at work in my life when I doubt that he is at work. You know what I mean? Which happens sometimes that when I'm just in a really tough season of my life, like I wouldn't be able to survive without some of my friends who just call out the good and remind me of who I was made to be and help me to remember that and live into that. And so I would not be who I am today without specifically the female friendships that I've had in my life. I just wouldn't be. Amen to that. And I know that uh, my life would not be as full if I didn't have you as my friend, Sarah. Amen. I wouldn't be as full if I didn't have you. It's great. (laughs) It's so good to be able to just 
have those wonderful women in your life that you love and you, you just, you look up to and you see their gifts and talents and all the good they're doing in the world. And you're just so happy that they're alive. You're so happy that they exist. And that's something I love about female friendship is just being able to be there. And, you know, on that note, as we wrap up, you know, there's no better if you're, if you're curious about like what type of friendship you have in your life and where it's going away, where it's at. There's no better way than looking in the book of Sirach. Sirach chapter six, it talks about true friendship. You can start at verse five and go all the way down. Verse 14 is the most quoted and it's faithful friends are a sturdy shelter. Whoever yep. finds one finds a treasure. And I just, I, you know, Sarah, I know that you probably feel the same way, but I pray that everybody here is able to experience that sturdy shelter in a friend, somebody who is what, you know, Sirach 6 says, that they're a life-saving medicine, that they are somebody who have that common goal of Christ and seek him out through that virtuous friendship every single day. Amen. And I just want to say one more quick thing, because it's just on my heart. So maybe someone out there is experiencing this where they feel like, you know, they haven't been able to find a friend like what we're talking about. And I just want to encourage you, if that's you, to take time today to intentionally pray that God blesses your path with someone who is a sturdy shelter for you, is someone who is going to lead you to Jesus and someone who you can trust, someone who is a faithful friend. Just take a moment today or even this week to intentionally pray for that, that God blesses you with with the community that you desire. Uh, Sarah, you're so great. I'm so happy you added that in there. And you know what? Okay, so that's so crazy that you said that because <laughs> I was, I'm, as you said that, this huge memory came back to the front of my mind of when I left, when I left New York and I had my conversion, I had zero friends. That's not an exaggeration. Mm. Zero. Outside of Molly, my long lost friend, or my long lost, but my, 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 my long time friend, Molly was there, although she didn't live in the same city as me. But I had, other than that, zero friends. And when I left New York, nobody contacted me. All the friends that I thought I had, nobody called me. Nobody asked to see where I was, nothing. And so I go home. And I remember sitting in church and praying and just being in the Adoration Chapel and just crying and saying, Jesus, I don't have any friends. Like I have no friends. And I realized why I didn't because I had made such poor choices. I really eliminated any possibility for true friendship to exist in my life. And so I made some bad choices. I put boys before girls. I did all of that. And it was paying a toll and I was paying the consequences. And I sat there before the Lord and just cried. And I said, Lord, I don't have any friends. And I could just tell he was telling my heart saying, you know, Leah, I'm your friend. I'm here, you know, and that was beautiful. And I was so happy for that. However, as you suggested to everyone, if they find themselves in a place where they have not experienced the beauty of strong sisterhood and that friendship to pray for it. And that's exactly what I did. I said, Lord, please bring me friends. Please give me friends. And sure enough, the Lord gave me these amazing, wonderful Christian women in my life Mm. who we had that common goal. And they helped develop me. I learned from my great girlfriends. They're better than me. They're stronger than me. They're holier than me. And I'm so happy that they are because they make me a better woman. And <laughs> and so I think that I'm so happy that you brought that up. It brought back that memory to me that's so real because that's where I was. So that yeah. girl that you were talking about, that I'm definitely one of those girls. That, that was me, that I did not have that for a long time. 
but the Lord will provide. The Lord wants you to experience the beauty of a faithful friend. Um, and that's why he spoke about it in scripture. Okay. He's not speaking about it because it's a bad thing. Christ is, God is in there speaking in scripture because it is something that he hopes that you can experience because it's a little bit of a reflection of, of an even deeper friendship we're called to have with Christ. So, yeah. So I definitely just absolutely second the notion of what you're saying of, of just to pray for good friends if you don't have one in your life right now and know that Sarah and I are praying for you. We're praying for all of you out there. We're praying for you that you can embrace true sisterhood without jealousy, without competition, to see the gifts in other women in your life and thank God for them. Thank God that they exist and pray that you can become holy and humble as they are. Amen. Amen. All right, Sarah, I love you. Thank you so much for being with me today. I love you too. Thanks for having me. 